Welcome to the Vet Coach Transition Tips Podcast, where you get real and practical advice on how to go from wearing boots to wearing a suit. We've got you covered on advice from writing resumes to killing it in an interview. Be sure to check out this podcast and more at transitionvetcoach.com. And now your host, former Navy Lieutenant Pat Bergstresser. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Vet Coach Transition Tips Podcast. This is your host, Pat Bergstresser. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode here today. Uh, if, you ha- if you're new to the podcast, uh, th- the whole point of this podcast and what we're trying to do here is to provide actionable advice for transitioning military veterans. So if that's what you're looking for, you came to the right place. Again, my name is Pat Bergstresser, former Navy lieutenant. Uh, right now we're in the middle of the interview series. So if, if you're new to, to Vet Coach or you're new to the podcast, we did a whole series on the resume and how to write uh, a solid resume uh, to start working towards getting interviews. And now we're doing the interview series. So you've got secured an interview. Well, how do you prepare for it? And that's what we're working working through. Uh, in this particular episode, we're going to talk about success and failure stories. And we'll get into specifically why you need to have some success and failure stories in your back pocket. Everybody probably knows that when you go into an interview, some of the most generic, if you go to Google and you say interview questions, you're going to see things like, what is your greatest strength? Tell me about a time you failed and how you responded to that fail- failure. Tell me about a time you led a team to meet a goal. These are, there's all these, there's, there's hundreds, if not thousands of questions that you theoretically would need to prepare for. The problem is you can't prepare for all those. And so what you really need, the way you want to think about this is you want to think about what is the interviewer actually looking for? They're not looking for, you know, the specific, they're not looking for like a direct answer to their question. They're looking to hear the story behind whatever the answer is to your question, because the story is going to tell them a whole lot more about you than if they say, tell me about your greatest success and you just read them a bullet from your resume. That's really easy to do. And anybody could do that. And more than likely they've already read your resume. So they don't need you to regurgitate it to them. What they want to do is hear a story and hear you put it in your own words and tell them the story that's behind that bullet, because more than likely there's a lot more to that bullet than the two or one line that it occupies on your resume. Uh, so when, when, you're, when you're figuring out how to answer these questions, what you want to do is you actually want to build a list of success and failure stories. Now, if you've listened to this podcast before and you, and you listened to the resume series, back when we were first preparing to put together the resume and we were looking at building the professional experience section, one of the, one of the uh, documents that I asked you to create was a list of your successes and, and your failures. Essentially, this is every bullet from, in the Navy, we call them fit reps. Uh, I think Army's OERs, Air Force's OPRs. So you, when you were going through all of those, you were going to take every bullet from every single evaluation and write it down and categorize them as successes. And then you were also supposed to go uh, through a, a little bit of self-reflection and, and try to remember some of your bigger failures. And you were supposed to put those in a, in a document and save it as success and failure stories, then create a new document with that same information and start refining into your resume. So if you didn't do that or you hadn't heard the podcast at the time, uh, this is the time to go back and look at all your old performance reports and and write down all of your successes. And as you're writing down those successes, think about some of the failures that probably happened along the way. More than likely, you had you, you had some things that you screwed up or you didn't get right and, and write those down. Now, once you've got, and that's going to take some time, so we won't dwell on that here, but, but once you get that all written down, you need to go back through there and highlight a handful of the successes. I would say four or five is fine. 
and the, the big ones, obviously, the ones that, that, that you feel like are most significant. And by big, it doesn't mean the biggest numbers. It doesn't mean the biggest exercise that you coordinated or the biggest mission you led or whatever, but the most impactful. You know, one of my success stories that I always uh, use and continue to use is when I helped one of my uh, sailors who was uh, an E6, uh, he was a first class petty officer, he wanted to become an officer. And eventually he got picked up as, as, as an LDO in the Navy, which is a limited duty officer. Um, but he commissioned and it was like so gratifying to go through that process and see him succeed. And I love telling that story because I love to tell it because it was such a cool thing to, to see happen. But it also is a story that's more of an interpersonal success, right? Like it wasn't like I coordinated some mission on, on a deployment and it had all these huge numbers associated and fanfare and an article in the Navy Times and all this stuff. It was just something that no one else really knew about besides me, uh, this particular individual and my chief. And that was about it. Nobody, you know, and people in my battalion knew that he picked up officer, but they didn't really know what the work that went into it. So these success stories can be things like that. They just need to be things that are going to capture somebody's attention because ultimately, uh, you are trying to, I say this in every podcast in this series, you are trying to build a personal connection with the person you're interviewing with. That is the most important thing as you're going through all of this, because if you build that personal connection and you make yourself memorable, you're much more likely to stand out when they're looking through the stacks of resumes later that day in a group with all the people that interviewed you trying to figure out who they're going to hire or who's going to move on to the next stage. And so while you need to be qualified for the job, more than likely you're qualified by getting the interview. Now it's about who do they like, who do they think they can work with, who do they think uh, was, the, was the standout, and telling personal stories is a way to do that. So as you're building your success stories, you also need some failure stories. So Looking at what failure stories to pick, or you're trying to figure out what's a good failure story, you need to keep in mind that there's two reasons we we do failure stories. One is it shows you have some some humility and you're humble enough to admit that you failed sometime. And the person you're interviewing with is expecting you to be honest about a failure. They're not asking this to hear some bullshit response. So the, that's one purpose is showing that humility, showing that you're humble. The second is... And really the benefit of this question, if you get asked it, is it it shows, it, it gives you an opportunity to display your resiliency and how you bounced back from that failure. So when you're thinking about these failure stories, that's really what's most important. Because if you can talk about a failure you had in that first 20, 30 seconds to set the situation, tell them what the failure was, but then you can spend the next 60 to 90 seconds really covering what you learned, the lessons you learned from that failure, and then go into a success story and bring it all full circle. I mean, that is like mastery right there. If you can do that, that's really what it's all about. Because not only did you address it in a humble uh, way and showed a little bit of humility, but then you showed you actually learned from it. And then you took that lesson learned and applied it to success later on. That's a killer way to nail that kind of uh, question. More than likely, you'll get asked to address uh, a failure at some point in pretty much every interview. And so that's why it's really important to have some really crisp failure stories here. You don't need as many as successes because you're going to talk about successes more in the interview inherently. So that's why you need four or five of those. But for failure, I would have two, just so you're not always telling the same one. But again, if you can find those ones where you actually learn something from it and then tie it into success story, that's really where you nail it. And that's really the entire reason that they're asking this question. So when you're building out, so we're going to jump back to success stories and we're going to look at like how you want to build these out. How do you want to build out your response? And what I really recommend is, is writing out the answers to these questions 
as you are preparing for your interviews. Because if you just try to do this all in your head, you're never going to remember it. You've already got the success and failure stories document that you've created with with all your successes and failures. Take those four or five successes that you want to use, you think are the best stories and examples of your successes from your time in the military. And you want to answer these four key aspects. First, what did you achieve? What What's so significant about it? The second is, what made it difficult and why was it significant? So the first is, what specifically did you achieve? The second is, why is it significant? Because remember, you're talking to somebody who wasn't in the military. And not only that, they definitely weren't somebody in your service and in your particular MOS or your particular division, you know, within whatever service you were in. So you really are going to have to give them some context here. And so that's why it's really important to talk about why was it difficult? Okay. You had zero discrepancies on some big audit or something. Okay. Well, aren't you supposed to have zero discrepancies? Maybe that's, you know, they don't inherently know that zero discrepancies is like a really big deal because normally every year people get 95% and you got a hundred percent. Like you have to set some context there. So talk about what made it difficult and why was it significant? Thirdly is how did you accomplish it? This is kind of the story behind it. What, what went into it? What, what, characteristics and traits about yourself are you trying to enumerate? Maybe that you're a good planner. Maybe that you're really good at getting shit done. You're really good at executing. You're a really great leader. You motivated a team to get something done. You you took it from the planning stage to the execution phase, phase to the wrap-up stage. Like Maybe you're just a really good end-to-end you know, uh, leader or, or manager. Whatever it is you're trying to enumerate here and you're trying to, to show, this is really where the meat of it, where you're talking about how you accomplished it. And then lastly, you want to tell them if it wasn't completely obvious what it demonstrates about you. What characteristic did you just demonstrate with that story that's so important that you think this company would benefit from? Again, if you're interviewing for an analytical job, don't tell a logistics story because it has nothing to do with it. You should try to tie it in and talk about the analytics and the analysis that went into that logistics success, but don't talk about the logistics, right? You you want to be able to come back and say, and this is why it was a really good analytical success because I know at this company, you know, this is a really important trait to solve these kinds of problems. And, and I know that, you know, in this particular instance, this is a really good demonstration of how I came to, you know, this particular success. So you want to tie it kind of back full circle and explain what it demonstrates about you. What's less important is the format and what you actually write down. And what's more important is that you've taken the time to think about these. And actually, that's why writing it down is important. It's not the act of writing it down. It's the fact that when you write things down, you're more likely to remember them and have better, uh, you know, a better recall ability when you're sitting in the hot seat and answering these questions. Um, so if you, what's, what the key here is if you take the time to write these down and then review them before each interview, you're going to have no problem recalling them once you're in the hot seat. So, you know, like we always talk about, preparation is really important. And, and if you take the time to prepare and, and really think about these stories, you have no problem pulling them out of your back pocket uh, once you're in the interview. We're going to take the same approach with failure stories. Again, these need to be written out as well. We talked about it, you know, a little bit ago when we were introducing the failure stories. But the most important aspect is that you actually recovered from the failure. If you tell a failure story and you don't talk about how you recovered from it or what you learned from it, then you're just kind of telling them that you suck. (laughs) And that's not what you're going for if you're trying to get a job. So you want to find a story that allows to at least show that you learned a lesson But you really need to find that lesson that you learned and apply it later. Now, this doesn't have to be 
one week you failed and the next week you turned it around. This can be a lesson that you learned when you were brand new in the military, like most O1s, you know, our first day on the job, like our first salute and the first time people are calling us sir or ma'am or whatever. Like we we make a lot of mistakes, right? That's why we need a great senior enlisted advisor to to help develop us into better officers. So you know, for a lot of officers, like we make a lot of mistakes our first year or two on the job. But then a lot of times, you know, as become O2s, O3s, maybe O4s, like that's when those lessons that we learned early on in our career really help define our success later on. And so when you're looking at these failure stories, they can be, have those big arcs where you go from a failure early on in your career, but later on that failure and the lessons you learned from it really influenced a big success you had later on. So it doesn't have to be one week you failed, the next you succeeded. It can be, you know, your first couple months as an officer, you did something really stupid and you looked like an idiot. And then three years later, when you were actually in charge of a company, uh, you know, you really turned it around and 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 led it to some great success. And it was because of that failure early on in your career that you knew to do that and, and you were able to make that happen. The second aspect is that you actually failed. If you go in there and tell them some BS thing, like you didn't, you know, you don't really, like you could have done something, but you didn't, but it, it didn't really have a big impact, but you really felt bad about it. Like that's all bullshit. So, so don't do that. Just be honest about an actual failure and, and so that they know that you're being honest. Remember, they're a person and they're going to talk to a lot of people. And a lot of these interviews are kind of superficial. And if again, if you can be personal, if you can draw them in, that's going to make you memorable. And that's hugely important when they're interviewing multiple people for a position. And if you tell them about a time you actually failed and you're really humble and honest with them and you're looking them in the eye and you're really connecting with them, they're going to remember you because you're being honest. Because most people are going to bullshit through a failure. They're not going to give a real one. So when you're structuring these, this is similar to success stories. The first is, what did you fail at and why was it significant? So just define whatever it was. And again, give them some context as to why it was a big deal. The second thing is, why did you fail? Were you unprepared? Did you just not think about things ahead of time? Did you forget to ask your chief before you made a decision? Like whatever it is, talk about why you failed. Then again, this is quick, like 30 seconds, set the scene, tell them what the deal is, then talk about how you recover. You don't want to dwell on the failure, be honest about it, be upfront about it, but you quickly want to transition to how did you recover? Like what were the steps you took to kind of recover from that failure? Then what are the lessons learned? And then move into what does that story demonstrate about you? And if you have that success story, you can tie it straight back to that's when you spend the last 30 seconds being, and then later on, this thing came up again, and I really knew how to nail it because of this failure I learned on early in my career. Because these people know that when you take a job with them, you're probably going to screw up at some stuff, hopefully not catastrophically, but you're going to make mistakes. Everybody does. And they just want to know that if you make a mistake, you're going to learn from it, and you're not going to make it twice. And so that's really what's key here is, again, what did you fail at? Why was it significant? Set the scene. Why did you fail? Then how did you actually recover? So move through that scene setting within like 30 seconds, move into how did you recover? What did you learn from it? And then what, you know, what it, what does it demonstrate about you? What's that key characteristic that you want them to take away from that story? Very similar to the success stories and then move into that success story if you can. You know, I, I've sat in a lot of interviews uh, with veterans and it is night and day, the difference between those who have prepared and those who haven't. When I ask these questions to people who haven't prepared, I'll get anywhere from a 15-second answer to a 10-minute answer. I don't always know where they're going with it. 
and, and I don't really know what the point is. They may not even answer the question. They might get caught off on a tangent. But if you sit here and you actually break these stories down and prepare about them the way that we're breaking them down here, you're going to have a really compelling, concise, solid narrative that you can draw from and connect with them and answer the question, but in a way that makes you memorable. And that's what's really, really important here. You know, there's been plenty of times too, like where you're going to get asked questions that you may not have thought of. And that's really why we have these stories. You can't prepare for every question, like we said at the out front. You just need the, the ammunition to answer that question, regardless of what form it takes. And there's been plenty of times where I've interviewed people, and I'll ask them questions that are a little bit out of left field, uh, just to just to see if they're prepared, uh, or I'll ask really a question, uh, maybe off of a story that they told me. I'll be like, "Hey, you mentioned this. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Tell me, tell me a little bit more about that and, and what that meant." And I'll try to see if they're really prepared to talk about their career and to talk about their, you know, and they've reflected on on what they've accomplished rather than just preparing for specific questions. And so if you take the time to prepare, you won't, it doesn't matter what question they ask you, you're going to instantly be like, I need to talk about a success here. Oh, I've got this one from three years ago when I was downrange and we were in a firefight and blah, blah, blah. And you, you immediately pull it out of your pocket and just answer the question and nail it. And so that's really what's important here. One aspect too, that you want to keep in mind when you're answering these, when you're talking about what the story demonstrates about you is you want to be unique, right? You don't want to say this story demonstrates that I'm a great leader. Okay. Well, congratulations. Like who gives a shit? And we're all great leaders. Everybody in the military, outstanding leader. That's like the, the most common two words that starts off any bit bullet on any performance report. Outstanding leader, amazing leader, awesome manager, whatever. Like that, That's bullshit. You, you're not going to be remembered for that. So when you're talking about what the story demonstrates about you and people are asking, you know, they might ask you, what's your greatest strength? Well, now you've got to have, you got to answer what this story demonstrates about you right off the bat, and then you got to tell a story about it. And so you really need to have sort of those, boil down these stories into what are you trying to demonstrate? What what aspect of you, what characteristic is important? And, you know, to give you an example, like I said, like leadership, strong manager, that's bullshit. Everybody says that. You want to pick words like resilient, right? Like resilient is one of the ones I use because there are certain times in my career where things did not go the way that I had planned. For those of you who are familiar with my story, you know, went from the Air Force Academy, went into the Navy, the Navy medically disqualified me for flying. There I am in the service that I had never planned to be into unless they were going to let me fly. And now I got to figure it out. Right. And so I talk a lot about my resiliency and that happening. And then, you know, other points in my career where, you know, I had to be resilient and get through it. That's a term that people are going to remember. You'd say you're a great leader or a strong manager. You're just like everybody else. So find a word and I can't do this for you, right? Like you've got to do some introspection and some self-reflection, but think about those words that define you literally get a thesaurus. I'm not even kidding. I did that. When I was looking at trying to figure out these words, I took, you know, these basic words. I went through my, I I don't have them in front of me, but I went through my fit reps and I found all these adjectives that were used about me and adverbs. And I went to thesaurus.com and I literally plugged them in and just looked at all the other synonyms about these words to try to find something that was unique. Don't pick a word that's not normally used in common language. Like you pick some ridiculous word that no one's ever heard of. You need to pick a word that they're going to understand. You're not necessarily going to go to thesaurus.com and find the words you're going to use, but you might see one word that you kind of like, and then you click on that and it takes you to synonyms for that. And then eventually you find something or, or just spending the time to think about it will allow you to come up with those words. So 
this is really why preparation is important is because it allows you to come up with these much more coherent and, and, and composed responses and, and these really solid uh, answers rather than just being generic like everyone else. One key part of all of this is practicing these responses because you have a few points that you want to nail as you're walking through it. And that's those four to five steps that we talked about for success stories and failure stories. You know, why is it important? What's the significance? You know, what does it demonstrate about you? Those are the key points you want to hit. And you got to make sure you can do it in about 90 seconds to two minutes. So 90 to 120 seconds. That's about how long you want these answers to take. And you need to get through four to five key aspects of the story. And remember, if it's a failure story, you want to get through that failure part within the first 30 seconds. So you've got the rest to really talk about the more important aspect of that failure, which is what you learned from it and how you applied it later on. And so you need to practice this out loud. I practiced this by myself plenty of times. At the time I was dating my wife when I was getting out, uh, or actually, well, we got married like while I was transitioning, which is like a whole nother story. But I practiced these with her. She didn't know if my answers were good or not, but she knew whether it was within the 90 seconds to 120 seconds. She knew if I was answering, you know, cause I had all this stuff written out. So she had on a page in front of her what I'm supposed to say. And so she knew what I was supposed to hit as I'm going through. And she could kind of tell if, if I was being a little bit too scripty, like I was kind of reading from a script, uh, versus have being more conversational because you want this to come off like you didn't rehearse. And the part, the aspect of rehearsing is not so much to remember exactly the line by line what to say. The point in rehearsing is so you talk about these stories enough that they're very easy to recall and you whip them out and you, and you develop, deliver them in a very conversational and casual way. But it's obvious that you've really thought about these times in your career that were in, instrumental in your success and, and you're able to to uh, use those stories and uh, moving forward as part of your development. One aspect on timing, I, I've been in a few interviews. One I remember off the top of my head right now where, where uh, I was interviewing with my former boss. Um, he and I were interviewing someone else. Uh, we were doing kind of like a joint interview, which is very common if you're not familiar. Uh, you might even sit on a panel. I've done interviews where I was interviewed by four people at once. Very common. Don't be thrown off by that. But he and I were interviewing somebody and we asked this guy like super generic, like, tell me about a success story or something like that. And this guy literally went on for 15 minutes. I don't even remember what he was like within two or three minutes. He was like off on a tangent and then another tangent and another tangent. And we didn't get to ask him any more questions. Like he was a nice guy. He seemed really conversational and stuff. And that's great. And he clearly had some great story he wanted to tell us about, but he he never circled back to the point and it was gone and we couldn't even get a word in. It was really kind of awkward. So that's why like timing is really important. If you do two and a half minutes, that's not the end of the world. Or if you do 60 seconds, that's not the end of the world. But you know, that 90 to 120 seconds is kind of about as long as anybody really wants to listen. And it also allows you to have more time to answer more questions. So that's why kind of the timing is important. And just to kind of wrap this all up here, like I've, I think I've said it many times so far, preparation is key. You know, if you've got one night to prepare, you need to get through all of this and you need to you need to stay up late probably getting all this written down and squared away because if you go in there prepared I'm telling you, you are going to nail it. That is what's important here. Don't don't try to do this the night before if you're listening to this in advance. Like, please take the time to do this. Take the time to go through it note by note, detail by detail, and practice it out loud so that when you get in that interview, you're not worried about what you're saying, right? Like when you're in an interview, you're 
it's a nervous time. You're, you're thinking about, oh my God, do they like me? Am I going to get this? I really want this job. The pay's great. The location's great. This is really what I really want. That's what your mind is going to be occupied with. And if you can't recall this story from your back pocket with no problem, now you're trying to focus on a lot of things at once. You might get tongue-tied. You might, like I just did, you might forget where you are in the middle of the story. You might forget what the question was because you're not able to focus on it because you're thinking about a million other things. Your mind is going to be racing. And so you need to prepare for that to happen. And the way you prepare for that to happen is you practice and you practice and you practice so that when you walk in, boom, you knock it out of the park. You know, I remember I took uh, one of the classes I went through when I was at my second tour. I had to go through Expeditionary Combat School, which was like four weeks. You spent a week on the M9, a week on the M4, uh, a week in like, I think, land nav, and then like a week in combat first aid. And I remember we had a class at one point where we talked about takasaiki, where like you're in combat and your body, you start to kind of shake a little bit because your body is like responding to combat for the first time. And I've never been in combat, but you know, the training is supposed to simulate, you know, people who might end up in combat. And I just remember them talking about that and your body's sort of shaking and you have a really hard time shaking that, that the, the, the reality that's hitting you at the time. And while there's no perfect way to prepare for it. Uh, just thinking about that and internalizing that and knowing that it's going to happen. And they had some drills that they ran us through to kind of help simulate it and help you kind of get in the mindset uh, of realizing that you're in like a really dangerous situation, being able to move past that and focus on the task at hand. This is obviously nothing like that, right? But the parallel is that you need to prepare so that this stuff is natural and you can focus on the interview and, and, and allow those natural distractions that are going to happen. Those can occupy your mind because you know this story backwards and forwards and you know exactly what you're trying to say and how you're going to communicate it. And you can focus on how the interview is responding to you, how they're looking at you. Do they want you to wrap it up? Do they, are they really interested in the story? Maybe you can drag it out a little bit. Or do they ask a question in the middle of it and, and it doesn't throw you off? Those are all the things you want to be prepared for. And you're not going to be able to be prepared for that if you don't have these stories uh, backwards and forwards and all the details that are important to get out there. And I'm telling you, if you focus on that and you prepare, and again, you don't read it like a script because that's that's not the effect you're going for. But if you if you if you follow this advice, you walk away from some from some interviews where like someone will tell you they got the chills from that story or wow, that that was just an incredible story. You know, you don't need to be an amazing storyteller, but you do need to have these stories backwards and forwards. And and if you do that and you're honest and you're humble, I mean, you're really going to knock it out of the park and you're going to stand out so different from so many people. I'm telling you, I've done a lot of these interviews and people think that they're just going to wing these behavioral interview questions. And if you just put a little bit of preparation in ahead of time, you'll be you'll be a massive standout compared to everybody else. And a lot of times that can be the difference. Not only because you're going to be prepared and you're going to seem polished, but because you are going to build that personal connection that is so important to winning these interviews. I talk about it all the time. That is how you win interviews. Is is do they like you? Do they want to have a beer with you on an, at an airport layover when you're on a business trip? Like that's that's so important in these interviews. And being prepared for this aspect of the interview, which is the meat of the interview when they're asking you interview questions, that's the key is if you have these stories, you'll knock it out of the park. So that's all we have time for today. I'll end this podcast with my favorite quote. I always end the podcast with it. It's a Winston Churchill quote. It is success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. You might go into your first interview and not nail these. That's okay. You learned your lesson. Get back to these stories. Learn your shit. Get back in there and kick ass. The whole point of that quote is that even if you fail, it's not fatal. And if you are succeeding, 
it's not the end. You might like your first job for a year, and then you want to go interview for another one, and you got to get ready for interviews again. So your success is not final. Your failure is not failure. Your failure is not fatal. But the courage to continue that counts. We as veterans have learned a very strong lesson in courage, regardless of what your MOS was, your AFSC, or your designator, whatever it was called in your service. We've all learned courage at a much more significant level than any of our civilian counterparts can relate to. And this is where you can draw from that to really knock it out of the park and really continue down that path of your transition, whether it's your first interview or your hundredth. Uh, so again, that's all we have time for today. Thanks for listening. This is the Vet Coach Transition Tips Podcast. I'm your host, Pat Bergstresser. We'll see you guys next time. You've been listening to the Vet Coach Transition Tips Podcast. For more transition tips and content, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out transitionvetcoach.com. Thanks so much for your service and all you do. As always, if you have any questions, email Pat directly at pat at transitionvetcoach.com. <laughs>